0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The scariest words you ever want to hear, ever, 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 are not like, oh, you're ill, or you lost your house. The scariest words that you ever hear, God willing we don't, are the words that we heard in the gospel today. Depart from me, you evildoers. I do not know you. Now, many of us might be presuming, like, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be me. Like, you know, that's probably going to be for, like, the really, really bad people. Like, you know, ISIS or something. It's not going to be for me. You know, I, I'm a good person. You know, I, I, I come to church and I, I pray and, you know, I, I give donations where I need to, and, you know, I hold the door for some sometimes for people. So, I should be good. I pray, I fast, I do my novenas. I should be good. Now, <clears throat> the people that Jesus actually says these to, we should pay attention to, because we don't want to be those people, do we? Who are the people that he says this to? He says it to the people who say to him, Well, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Meaning, they spoke on behalf of God. They preached the word of God. To the people who actually casted out demons and who healed the sick. These are the people that Jesus is saying these words to. Why? What's wrong there? What's missing? Well, it's the words that Jesus says next. He says... I never knew you. Meaning that you can do all of those external acts, but if internally it is not with the right foundation, if the foundation and the motive and the reasoning behind what you do is not for the kingdom of God and for Jesus Christ Himself and Him alone, then He says He doesn't know you. Now... What could be these, like, I guess you could say, let's just call it ingenuine motives or impure motives for a faith life. Sometimes we go to God only because we're going to Him to get something. Like, what can I get out of God? Sometimes we treat God the way that we treat people. What can I get out of this person? What am I going to benefit from you? What is it that you do for me? And then I'll decide whether or not I want to let you into my world, right? Like, I want to make sure that, like, you're good enough. You have the right reputation and you have the right clothes and you have the right money to make sure that, like, you can make, I can get something out of you. We do that as humans to one another, but we cannot do that with God. We cannot go to God only simply because we want to get something out of him. That's an ingenuine relationship with God. Another sign of an ingenuine relationship or motive or foundation is going to God only out of obligation. Like, okay, I've been taught, I just got to go to church so that I can please God so that he doesn't, like, take away things from me. I got to please him. I got to make sure he's happy. So I'll just, you know, check that off my list. I went to church on Sundays. Another ingenuine motive is going to God and using God and using church to make me look good, to advance my reputation, and to even somehow, some way, pat myself on the back, and make me, make me self-righteous. Like I go to church, you don't. Somehow, some way, it, it, it builds up a false self-esteem. Maybe we just want people to see us that we're in church. Or we want people to say, oh, that person volunteers in church. That person is at church. It's built on people rather than on God. It's built on myself rather than on God. And so, what would be signs of a genuine relationship with Jesus? Somebody whose foundation is pure and and really loves God. What would be signs of that person? Now this is, I must say, that this is a journey, right? The, the purification and, and, and growing in this genuineness is, is really, it's a journey. It takes time. Like, I don't think any of us here can really stand and say like, yes, Lord, I love you and only you, and I, I, there's, no, there's nothing of me in that. But somebody who's on the right path to that looks like this. The very first sign of a person, I think, is growing and has a sign of wanting a genuine relationship with God and has already knows God or is growing to know God is the person who changes their schedule in order to make God a priority every day, not just on Sundays, but every single day. I plan my day all around my time with Jesus. That's somebody who knows Jesus. That's somebody who has a relationship with Jesus. Somebody who's like, I can't wait to read the word of God today. I can't wait to to hear, Lord, what you're going to tell me today. I want to hear from you and I want to talk to you. To me, that's, I think that's like the bare minimum of a relationship. Like talking to the person, (laughs) listening to the person talk. I mean, if we are not on a daily basis talking, spending time with God, or on a weekly basis coming and visiting Jesus, I mean, we make time for everything, everything. We make time for everything. When it comes down to like going to adoration, spending time like in front of Jesus in the Eucharist, who is physically present to us, our chapels are empty half the day. But like, oh, no, no, Father, like, I have a real relationship with Jesus. So when was the last time you went to adoration? I don't even know. When was the last time you picked up the word of God? I don't know. When was the last time you went to church? I don't know. A month ago, three months ago, Christmas, Easter. But no, no, I have a relationship with Jesus. Now, one thing doesn't match another. There's an inconsistency there. There. And so if I am not changing my schedule, like I tell people, if you're going on vacation and it's on a Sunday and you're not looking for like a mass in whatever destination that you're in, if, if, if you're not, you got a wedding on a Sunday and you're like, oh, I, I missed mass, I had a wedding, or I had a flight to catch, still not an excuse. Somebody who has a relationship with Jesus couldn't stand To not receive him in the Eucharist. Signs, another sign, a second sign of a person that has a genuine knowledge of God and is growing in a genuine knowledge of God is a person who recognizes sin. Now, when I say this, I mean, this person doesn't just recognize sin in other people. We're really good at that. I mean, honestly, we should get Oscars. For the way that we recognize sin in one another. Seriously, we should get Oscars for it. We're good at gossiping and we're good at judging other people. But how many of us recognize sin in ourselves? How many of us are allowed and, and, and allow ourselves to say, you know what? Yes, I have sinned. And even deeper, sometimes when when we recognize our own sin, sometimes it's like self-condemnation, we're beating ourselves up. That's not what God wants. What God wants is for us to recognize that what we have done hurts Him, hurts the whole entire body, His church, and hurts me. That's what He wants. If you've never, ever, ever in your life felt so sorry for what you've done, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, that you actually wanted to cry or that you did cry, then how sorry are we really? I mean, some people can cry, some people can't cry, whatever. But if you've, if you've never wanted to cry because you were so sorry because you recognize that what I did led me to death rather than to life, led me to, to, the, to evil rather than to good and to God, then you know what happens? Oftentimes we'll go to confession, and then the next week we're confessing over and over and over, and we're not actually really doing anything to change our behavior. Because we don't really actually make the connection that our behavior is bad. Because if we did, we probably wouldn't do it. Like if I actually stuck my hand in fire, I probably would think twice about sticking my hand in fire again, right? Because I know it hurts. Now, there's a difference between those who, and all of us, I'm talking to myself, often says we will go to confession for the same exact things. There's a difference between somebody who goes to confession over and over and over for the same things out of weakness and out of brokenness, and someone who goes over and over and over just to presume that God is just going to forgive you. There's a difference there. Somebody who just goes to confession because, you know what, I'm not really going to actually change anything. I'm not going to really, you know, put boundaries with certain people. I'm not really actually going to stop doing this. I'm just going to go to confession so that I can continue doing this. It's presuming God's mercy. That's, that's, That's a user. That's a miser. It's not a real relationship. It's a business deal. It's not a relationship. And third, a sign of a person who is growing in a genuine knowledge and relationship with God, is somebody who seeks to do God's will rather than their own. Now, it is difficult, my brothers and sisters, and I know it, I'll be the first to tell you, it is difficult to choose and to do God's will when oftentimes God's will is not your own will. But if I don't choose God's will, If I don't want to do what God wants me to do, then you know what I am? I'm a hypocrite. I'm a person who's living a double life. I come to church, I say the prayers, but when I leave here, my life doesn't actually match my faith. And people will know that about you, and they'll say that about you. Oh yeah, that person goes to church, but do you see what they do the rest of the week? Have you heard about all these other things? Right? It shows Sometimes we live like practical atheists. We say we believe in God, but practically speaking, we don't act like we believe in God. We don't actually want to change anything in our life to align our lives with God's will. We want God to align His will with ours. We don't actually want to make changes in our life to follow Him. We want God to follow us. We can't do that. Because God knows best. He's Father. And so when he asks something of us, it's not to control us or deprive us. It's for our good. Because he knows that there are going to be winds and rains that will come and they will hit at us. And what happens when our foundation is not Jesus? We crumble. We fall apart. And Jesus doesn't want us to fall apart. He wants us to be strong in him. So that no matter what happens, no matter what evil, no matter what temptation, no matter what disaster comes our way, we will stand firm on him and on him alone. Not on ourselves, not on people, not on the world, not on the riches of the world, not on anything, but him alone. Because he is the rock that will never fail. And if we have him, then nothing will take us down. Amen? Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.